Well, 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 after a month away, I've returned. This is Gang Green and Goudreau here on ParkladeMedia.net. This is Goudreau here going solo once again for the first time in well over a month. And let me address that up front. Full transparency, I have not had the time to do a weekly show anymore. It's just been a lot in my personal life that has rendered me unable to commit to this on a consistent basis. In addition, I felt over the last month or so, there was really no reason for me to come on the air. In large part, because the Jets are winning, or were winning, I should say. They were on a three-game win streak after the loss to the Chiefs, and we had last night's game. I'm getting ahead of myself. Welcome back to the site. If you're listening, this is going up on November 7th. We are almost done our Exorcist retrospective. I know it's a little bit after Halloween, but we kind of started a little bit later than we anticipated. We are reviewing Exorcist Believer next Friday. And from there, we're starting our dive into the Star Wars prequels because nothing says Christmas like arguing, screaming, and Jar Jar Binks. You know, it's funny. I've been a Jet fan for my existence, and I just turned 30 this year, hard to believe. A lot of people think I'm considerably older than I am. I don't know if I should take that as a compliment or not. But as I alluded to, to kickstart this show, you know, the Jets, I felt like I haven't had the impetus to record if I had to weasel my way into doing this on a weekly basis, because, you know, the Chiefs game, I was so ticked off that they lost that game. And I didn't want to, you know, celebrate a moral victory because I'm beyond done with that. Call me cynical. Call me a negative Nancy. Call me whatever you want. The end of the day, they lost. They beat the Broncos, the Sean Payton-Nathaniel Hackett revenge game. Yeah, they won. It was a game they should have won, and they did. Somehow they beat the Eagles without their top three corners. Best win of the season by far. But I would have just been saying the things that all the talking heads are saying. Phenomenal defensive performance, as has been the case all year outside of one game. Kind of an outlier in week two against the Cowboys. Instead, they've been every bit as advertised, this defense. They beat the Eagles, going to the bye, three and three, which a lot of people would have taken with Aaron Rodgers under center, considering the difficulty of the schedule at first glance. And historically, the Jets have struggled coming out of the bye. This is not just pertinent to the Sala regime. This goes back for a lot of years. They had not won a game out of the bye week since 2015, I think is what the statistics said. And yes, they beat the Giants, but it was the worst win I have ever seen. Like That game was so bad that Garrett and I should have done it together as a tandem with about eight shots between the two of us. It was one of the worst games I have ever seen, and I have watched a smorgasbord of abysmal football. 
Why? Well, I'm a Jet fan. Enough said. And they won that game because the Giants screwed up. Yes, they made the plays in overtime and in the last 25 seconds. But they almost lost the game to a quarterback that had negative nine passing yards. That speaks to both how great the defense is and how terrible this offense is. But that's the same song and dance I've been saying since last year. Go back to any of the shows I did last year in the back half of the season. What did I say? Defense is great. Quarterback can't do a damn thing. He's never the reason they win. And more often than not, he's the primary reason why they lose. But I said, okay. You got a game Monday night against the Chargers, who are frauds. See what you can do. You're at home. Everybody else in the division lost. Buffalo lost. Miami lost. New England lost. A win gets you a half game out of first place. And as Garrett and Adam will mention, because we were texting throughout that game, I was not happy. And nor should I be. So if you're an optimistic fan or you want to hear me lavish praise, go find another show. I'm not going to I'm not going to be that guy who tries to look for positives in a game where the Jets shit down their leg on national television. At home against a team that is coached by an imbecile with an overrated quarterback and a fan base that did not provide any sort of challenge for home field advantage. So, where the hell do I start? I guess I just have to jump into it. I never want to see Zach Wilson under center ever again. You guys ever see that movie Groundhog Day? I feel like I'm living that same cycle. Find me a game in the last year where he was the reason they won. This team has a formula. Defense has to play at a level that we ask no other defense in the league to play. They have to be perfect. They cannot make mistakes. Their special teams has to be remarkable. And the expectation is always, oh, the offense has to just not screw it up. Or they need that one monster play that is a house call. In 2023, in a league that heavily favors offense, it's not fair, it's not realistic, and it's an outlier in the way the game should be played. Defense is still important, because without this defense, the Jets would be Owen. 0-8 at this point. That's how bad the offense is. And I've lived through Adam Gase. I've lived through Todd Bowles. I've lived through Rich Kotite. This team has had more starting quarterbacks in my lifetime than Martin Scorsese has released movies throughout his 50-plus year career. So believe me, I have seen the bottom of the barrel when it comes to quarterback play And Zach Wilson wouldn't even be at the bottom. If it was a whiskey distillery being imported from Scotland to the U.S. on a boat, he would be the keg that gets knocked off and drowns at the bottom of the ocean. 
And I get it. Nothing's perfect in the NFL. But you know what? If everything has to be perfect for your offense to be functional, not saying good, not saying great, functional, can move the chains, can actually get in the end zone. I'm not asking for them to be the Joe Walsh, Joe Montana, San Francisco 49ers. I'm not asking them for be, to be the greatest show on turf. I'm asking them to put points on the board. And I've seen this season a team that has scored eight touchdowns. Three of them came on one play drives. And one of those touchdowns was in the Eagle game where the Eagles let them waltz into the end zone because the Eagles wanted to win the game on offense. They have the worst third down conversion rate in the last 40 years. The offensive line's banged up. I get it. Outside of Garrett Wilson, their receiving core leaves a lot to be desired. I'm convinced Alan Lazard, he signed his contract with a stone cinder block on his hand because he can't catch a cold. I watched the tight end CJ Uzama drop a touchdown in the end zone in garbage time with nobody around him. I watched our best player Garrett Wilson on offense fumble a ball in Chargers territory. So yes, there are other factors that contribute to this offense. You want to give me the play calling? Yeah, I've said my piece on that. I don't think Hackett's very good. He was here because Rodgers liked him, not because he knows what he's doing. But at the end of the day, shit rolls downhill, and the top of the mountain on the offense is the quarterback. Missing wide open throws. He's not throwing picks, but he's putting the ball on the carpet. He's got four fumbles in the last two weeks. The Chargers touchdowns were scored on drives where the Jets offense turned the ball over. Gave them short fields. And by the way, this Charger offense was held to under 200 yards, and they still won by three scores. We have to ask our defense every single week to hold every offense in the NFL to 20 or fewer points because our offense can't do shit. And it's because of the quarterback. Threw a ball over Uzama's head. That would have been an easy conversion. Takes forever to get rid of the ball. In the modern NFL, it's two, two and a half seconds tops. Defenses are a lot faster than they used to be. A lot of three-step drops. Bing, three steps, get the ball out of your hands. Instead, he runs around trying to be Superman in the backfield because he thinks he's far more athletic than he is. And in reality, he thinks he's Aaron Rodgers. This kid doesn't even deserve to lick Aaron Rodgers' boot, let alone be his backup quarterback. I watched him throw a check down on third down when he had a clear running lane to get well beyond the first down marker when the game was still close. And you know what's sad? 7-0 after that punt return for a touchdown, I knew the game was over. Because Zach Wilson offenses in a one-score game, I have no confidence that they can put the ball in the end zone. What have they shown beyond one-play drives 
in two quarters against the Chiefs to lead me to believe that they can consistently put up points on the board. I have a better chance of being sexually attracted to Margot Robbie than I do of the Jets consistently putting up 21 points a game on offense. That's how bad it is. And I'm sick of the excuses. There is a cult around Zach Wilson that it's everybody else's fault except for him. Not everything's going to be perfect. And there's too many examples. Look around the league. Last year, Baker Mayfield signs with the Rams. Within a week of signing, he leads a comeback to win a game. Josh Dobbs this last week gets traded to the Vikings, doesn't even know the names of his own players on the Vikings, and he wins a game as the backup. Look at C.J. Stroud in Houston. Their offensive line is comparable to the Jets. They don't have a Garrett Wilson on their receiving core. They don't have a Brees Hall in the backfield. He threw five touchdowns last week against Tampa. The last one in a 45-second drive where they needed a touchdown to win the game. C.J. Stroud has more touchdowns in that game than Zach Wilson has all year throwing the ball. At what point, and this gets to the heart of the matter, as soon as Aaron Rodgers went down four plays in, every logical Jet fan said that regardless of their confidence in Zach Wilson, with what happened last year, you needed to bring in a backup. And there's plenty out there, as we have seen. Josh Dobbs. There's Colt McCoy still out there. Carson Wentz. They go with Trevor Simeon. Because they know he can't beat Zach Wilson out for the job. If this kid's confidence is that fragile, A, call him Mr. Glass. And B, why'd you bother bringing him in? Because you wanted to save face after that Patriot game. So as much vitriol as I have for Zach Wilson and his inability to, to, to lead an, an offense to competency, the reality is the front office has put him in this position. I don't know if it's because of stubbornness. I don't know if it's because of a fear of not wanting to admit that they were wrong on the number two pick. Whatever the reason, whatever the excuse, whatever the logic, it is hurting this team as it did last year. It's the same song and dance. Remember last year, they were 6-3. and three. They were winning games because of their defense and their run game. After the bye week, Zach Wilson plays one of the most putrid games you will ever see against the Patriots. Didn't take culpability after the game. The locker room splits in two. They start wearing T-shirts for the backup quarterback, Mike White, and the rest is history. They go from 6-3 and three to 7-10. and 10. And we're about to witness the same thing this year, except the defense is exponentially better. And that's the sad thing. This Jet defense last night held the Chargers to less than 200 yards of offense. Justin Herbert had 136 yards passing, barely a 50% completion percentage. I don't even think he threw a touchdown. Austin Eckler had less than 50 yards rushing. And they still lost by three scores because of this offense. And a bad play on special teams where Thomas Moore said outkicked his coverage. 
They sacked Herbert five times, oftentimes without blitzing. And when they did blitz, they pressured him into not playing well. So again, how much more can we keep asking of this defense without expecting the same standard from our offense? It's 2023. And there's no guarantee that this defense is going to be healthy and as good next year with Aaron Rodgers. There's a bright side to that, at least. we got a draft coming up. And I hate that I'm already looking that far ahead, but you know what? I have no confidence that this team is a playoff team because of this offense. If they had an average offense. And another one, look at Aiden O'Connell with the Raiders. The Raiders benched Jimmy Garoppolo and fired their coach. Aiden O'Connell comes in a fourth-round rookie, puts up 30 points on the Giants. A Giant defense that, by the way, Zach Wilson could not even move the ball against until the last two minutes of the goddamn game. So the good news is that next year's draft, your defense is set. You've got your corners. You've got a vaunted pass rush where you can rotate guys in and out. Your secondary is great. Your linebackers have been exceptional this year. Quincy Williams might be the best linebacker in the NFL this year. Your third first-round pick from last year, Jermaine Johnson, has been emerging as a star pass rusher. He's putting himself in the sauce Garrett Wilson territory. And those four guys, Sauce, Garrett, Jermaine, Brees Hall, these four guys are the core of this team. Your number one receiver, your lockdown corner, pass rusher, running back. Those guys are going to be set, and I hope they're Jets for life. But it only gets you so far when you have a quarterback who handcuffs them to the bed like Gerald's game. And there's going to come a point where Garrett Wilson is going to chew his own arm off. This guy went into the season thinking he was going to put up monster numbers with Aaron Rodgers, and like last year, he's in the same exact spot where he tries to make the most of what he can do. But he can't be that rock star wide receiver, that Justin Jefferson, that Tyreek Hill, even though he's got the talent to do so because his quarterback is incompetent. I said after Aaron Rodgers went down, not only should they have gotten a viable backup quarterback, it does not change the expectation that this team needed to make the playoffs or else Sala and the GM should be out the door. And I still maintain that. In fact, I'm doubling down on it because they chose not to bring in a viable backup. They're so quick to put their arm around Zach. Put the training wheels on him. I'm sure there's a diaper underneath that jersey and those pants too. And Salah has the audacity to say in the post game, well, it wasn't even the worst game Zach's played. That's true. But that's because of how low the bar is. My three-year-old could jump over that bar. And he's got the mobility of a drunken sailor. I get it's hard to be quarterback in the NFL. But there's too many examples of making it work. Without a number one receiver. Without a wall of an offensive line. Without a run game. Again, I reiterate, if everything has to be perfect, then your quarterback should not be under center. So I don't know what they do. 
They didn't make a move at the trade deadline, even though all reports said they went after Devontae Adams. They went after Mike Evans. They went after a couple. Uh, there was one other receiver. I think they tried to tried to make a deal with, but couldn't get it done. That tells me two things. Number one, they don't believe in this wide receiver core outside of Garrett Wilson, even though they're paying Alan Lazard eleven million dollars to drop balls like fifteen year old kids going through puberty. Also tells me they don't have the confidence in Zach because they have to get him that real number one. Garrett Wilson's a one, but he's not Tyreek yet. He's not Justin Jefferson yet, even though I think he has that potential. I'm not saying I want Aaron Rodgers to rush back and jeopardize next year. But if the offense keeps being this... Words can't even describe it, how bad it is. Like, I, I can't, and I consider myself to be a pretty eloquent wordsmith. I don't know if I have a thesaurus large enough to accurately describe how much I hate watching this offense. And it's everything. Drop balls. Zach holding onto the ball too long. Pre-snap penalties. It's like if this team gets a holding call and a first and 10 becomes first and 20, just punt the ball. Because I know more often than not, you're not going to be able to muster a first down. They're coming off a game against the Giants where there were 23 punts. Combined. Last night, the Chargers and the Jets had the same amount of drives just about. It was disgraceful. And I'm not blaming the defense. I don't want to hear anyone criticizing this defense for giving up 20 points, two of which on short fields, when this offense can't even score a touchdown. And I'm calling out the head coach. I'm pulling out my receipt right now. You need to look that defense in the face and tell them I'm making a change. Because I refuse to accept as a fan the continued justification to put Zach Wilson out there when he is jeopardizing the team. Even if Trevor Simeon or Tim Boyle are not substantial upgrades, at least try something different. Show your defense that you're not letting them down or hanging them out to dry. Because it's already happening. I think the locker room is already splintering. They've put on a good face because they were winning games. Now that they've had an embarrassing loss, the truth is going to come out. People are not going to step on eggshells anymore. So I'm disgusted. I'm pissed off. Because unlike years past where I've said, yeah, the offense has been bad, but there's no talent. Like the Adam Gase years, cupboard was dry. The Todd Bowles years, the defense was not very good. This is different. You have a lot of really good players on this team. But there's only so much they can do with a quarterback who doesn't belong in the league. So my my guess is they'll find a way to lose next week. They're not going to be able to score points. Because I don't trust them. What have I seen through eight weeks to lead me to believe that this offense can consistently push the ball down the field? 
the good news is, like I said about the draft, next year, go all offense. You get your first-round pick because Aaron Rodgers went down. Get a tackle. Get a receiver in the first round. Use those mid-round picks to accumulate weapons because these drafts are remarkably deep at wide receiver and tight end. You've got to expand the roster and set yourself up to where you bring in a backup other than Zach Wilson to actually, if you're going to have Aaron Rodgers next year, and for all intents and purposes, I think he's playing next year. You've got to have a better contingency plan. They've they've put themselves in this position, and they have no one to blame but themselves. And I'm so tired of watching Sala stand there on the sideline like a statue during these games. I never see him lighting up any players on the sidelines. I never see him talking to his quarterback. He's all rah-rah when they're winning. It's a great motivator when things are going well, but when things spiral, whether it was last year or now, he gets all stoic. And his press conferences are pathetic with the way he tries to try to justify losing. Always crediting the other team. Always bringing up self-inflicted wounds. Sit up there and say quarterback play is not good enough. Offense isn't good enough. Be an addresser of the core problem instead of digging yourself into a hole trying to find other excuses to explain why your team is not getting it done. Because I don't want to have, like last year, watching a playoff caliber defense, dare I say championship level defense, not have that opportunity because you didn't try to fix shit. And like I said, the Chargers offense was held in check. Yeah, they put up 20 points. Short fields. Herbert didn't have a touchdown. Like I said, less than 200 yards. Tells you everything you need to know about this defense. And they still lost by three scores. Between the punt return and the 20 points they surrendered. So I can't promise I'm going to do this show next week. Win or lose. But I hope sometime in the next month they try another quarterback. Or if you do start Zach next week against the Raiders, keep him on the shortest of leeches. Leashes. Like give him the length of a pencil. If he puts the ball on the carpet, bench him. Throws a bad pick, bench him. Offense becomes a punt fest after the first couple drives. Try something different because your season is on the line. It's in the balance. You're four and four. You still have a season. Don't flush it down the crapper out of stubbornness. Because the standard should be playoffs or pink slips. That's all I got. Felt good to be back on the airwaves, but I wish it was for better reasons. Not me having to come on here and just vent about how much I can't I can't stand watching this offense, in particular this quarterback. Because I know he's not good. And I'm sick of them trying to sell me McDonald's as high-end dining. But high-end dining is what we do here on Percolated Media in the podcast setting. So thank you all very much for listening. Sorry I've been away. Hope this makes up for it in some capacity. But all things considered, 
We'll see how it goes. Thanks for listening.